0: Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to join the robot mafia. My name's Thomas Frank. I'm here, as always, with my good friend Martin Bamey. Yeah. As uh, they know him in the mafia, the Clamps. Yeah i don't know why but every time i watch that show i just i feel like you would be clamps yeah (laughs) i don't know
1: why Uh, well he's consistent he is consistent. you can trust him to get the job done
0: that's true he does have a very consistent worldview very consistent set of morals values get Clamps. he
1: simplifies he's a minimalist that's very true yes one of the earliest minimalists on tv
0: (laughs) one of the earliest minimalists who exists in the year 3000 yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he was on tv way before then he he went into past tv that is true so, how do you like the new, the new sound of the studio? Uh, I don't know. It's getting better. It's soundy. It's getting better, and it's getting deader. And because I have an American accent and not a British accent, those sound very similar. They almost rhyme. Yeah? hmm Because don't people in the UK tend to actually say t for
1: T's? Like better? Uh, It might depend on the specific UK accent. That's true. Yeah. I'm pretty sure some of them do use glottal stops. But we just use D. Better and debtor.
0: Yeah. Just got a lot of audio foam on the walls. Lots of absorption foam. Thinking about getting some bass traps, all kinds of stuff like that. I uh I bought logic last night. So
1: like the concept?
0: Yeah. The all entire right. concept. Right. I bought it. It I own it now. So anytime somebody does like, you know, uh cause and effect or any kind of like logical statement, if therefore I get five cents. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. All right. (laughs) That's reasonable. So uh, today we're going to talk about workspaces. Because, I don't know, I've been a nerd for setting up battle stations and command centers and workspaces of all kinds for many, many years, ever since I was in high school and saw Die Hard 4 and saw the dude's command center. I always wanted to build my own command center. So today we're going to talk about... How to optimize your workspace, what is needed, what is not needed, how do you deal with uh, you know, factors beyond your control, how do you deal with portable workstations, all that kind of stuff. It's going right. to be fun, because I right. love talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to start out by just kind of like describing the workstations that we're currently using, since I think both of us have gotten to a point where we're fairly happy with our workspaces. Yeah. I imagine that you are. Yeah. So That's fine. Yeah, and I will let you go first. So what is, paint a picture for everybody. What does your workspace currently look like? Uh, for, yeah, well, if you if do I'm, most of your work.
1: If I'm working at home, which is most of my work now that my favorite uh, tea shop closed down, is I've got peace. a sit-to-stand desk from Ikea. You can change it with like a hand crank. It's not automated, so that's a few hundred dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a couple, couple Amazon Basics monitor stands stacked on each other to put my monitor at the right height, which I want the top of the screen to line up with where my, like, where my straight, what's that called? Where it's like straight where you're at eye level. That's what it is. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word eye level or the phrase. Uh, Anyway, I want the top of the monitor to be at eye level. And then I've got a little lap desk thing with a tray that slides out so it can hold my mouse and keyboard. Okay. And they can be on my lap, so like the typing is where my arms want to be, and the monitor is where my eyes want them to be, yeah, or want it to be. And then when I switch it, I can take out one of the monitor stands, since I just have two that are stacked, and then the monitor's still at my right height. What do you mean when you or switch Or the other it? way around. When I make it sit or oh, stand, you make it up to eye or level arm. becomes different, different relative to where the desk is. So you're not so using then. a monitor arm, you're just using two like little shelves basically. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then I just like add one when I need it to be taller and I take one away. Gotcha.
0: What is the general space like? Um, so yeah. We have the desk, right? And you're working off of a MacBook. Yeah. Pro not pro. Air?
1: Yeah. MacBook Air mid twenty twelve. Seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's birthday is peak, coming up. The peak
0: of technology. In like a week. We only work with the latest and greatest gear here. I bought it like
1: six years ago in a week. Yeah. So by the time this comes out.
0: And let it be known for the record that I offered you a what is it? Mid twenty fifteen MacBook
1: Pro oh, fully spec. This is working fine. And you didn't care. Yeah, I she, have no that's problems. a minimalist.
0: You like you did not accept a free MacBook Pro. It's complicated. Which I just gave to your girlfriend, so it's in your apartment anyway. I uh, she doesn't I mind snuck it in there anyway. She doesn't
1: mind complication. That's true.
0: Plus I think she does more demanding Like CPU-intensive work on her
1: computer anyway? She probably does, and she needs a bigger hard drive. The only thing CPU-intensive I do is when I mess around with Unity, which does try to... Oh, yeah, you do that. My laptop does try to go to the moon in that situation. Anyway, yeah, so the space is basically the desk. Ideally, there's one little shelf on the side upon which I place my MacBook when it is plugged in. And then... Below that, I've got like my headphones or my phone or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the monitor in front of me, and then to the left side, we've got nothing, preferably a little, a little light, a little hue light thing, and then... Oh, is it like one of those little desk ones? It's that not one have... of the ones that's built in. It's a regular hue light placed inside a little table lamp thing. Oh, okay. And then sometimes I will have my roost stand, which I use for portable working, to the left, and then i'll put my laptop on that instead flip it open and now i've got two monitors so
0: you get dual monitors with the laptop yeah basically but usually you just keep it docked and closed yeah okay
1: i don't usually need dual monitors it's yeah it's really just it's like having a billion tabs open in chrome it seems like it's useful but mostly it just keeps me from focusing on one thing at a time yeah and then i like it just confuses me it's occasionally definitely downside. it's useful mm-hmm. so most of the time i don't have it and i have a note to talk about those
0: and then you're you're in the little dinette area of your apartment room, right? Yes. So, I guess the big question is like how do you how do you feel about the lack of window in your workspace area?
1: I don't care for it. I prefer having some natural light, but the way my apartment is, it's just a one bedroom apartment. There's nowhere good for me to get that unless no. I want to work out of the bedroom or the living room, both of which are not the place I want to be working. Yeah. I'm trying to fix this by adding some day, daylight light bulbs. Oh, okay. I, I really like having those. However, something seems to be wrong when I tried to put it into the fixture above, and I haven't gotten around to fixing it. It might be the wrong- Oh, is it the wrong kind of light bulb? Something. Does it not fit? Or... I, it seemed like it fit. I'm now confused as to whether those light bulbs I pulled out were dead, or if those parts of the fixture are dead. I have not tested. Oh, one One light bulb is still working, but the light in there is really bad. Because, you, and I'm working on that.
0: Okay, so lighting is a definite pain point When it right When now. it is
1: a daylight light bulbs, the really, really bright ones, then I will be happy. Yeah. I just need to figure out what's wrong with the lamp thing.
0: I just put an LED light fixture in this room. because
1: oh, yeah. So the the main
0: thing when I moved to this house is this room was like the logical choice for the studio, but the ceilings in this house are lower in most of the rooms that they were back at the apartment. And that was compounded by the fact that this room had a giant ceiling fan in it and it wasn't low enough that i would hit my head on it but if i stood right under the light and went up on my tiptoes i would and there was just something weirdly claustrophobic about having something hanging from the ceiling that low so we took that down that was an adventure
1: that was an adventure we're qualified (laughs) electricians now all you do is freestyle you just pull some stuff out of the wall and you see what happens no don't don't
0: hire us as electricians. It's a do it <laughs> probably avoid. You'll day. get
1: a steep <laughs> discount.
0: Can can I do a little aside and tell the listeners about Tom and Martin's adventures in home improvement? We're good electrician at electrician edition. <laughs>
1: I like that it rhymes, kind of.
0: <laughs> it does rhyme. It's good. So I wanted to take this ceiling fan out of the ceiling and replace it with this minimalist LED fixture that we currently have there. So, spoiling the end of the story, we're both alive and it works. Um we just decide, "Oh, why don't we just unscrew the fan from the fixture and unplug it?" I'm sure we can just unplug it. We unscrew it. First thing we discover, it's really heavy.
1: Yeah, that that was the worst <laughs> part. Actually, was because somebody had to be holding it up at all times because it was still it was gonna drag wires out of the ceiling if yeah. we didn't hold it. We didn't know it was heavy. It
0: looked light. Second problem, uh, we get we get the fixture undone and we see that there's like these wires with these little twisted caps. Neither you or I had ever seen these before. Yeah, I, so we I know didn't what they are know now, what to do with but... them. So we're like, oh crap, and we we can't get the the little fan control box back into the fixture where it was. Oh, so we yeah, can't... I don't know
1: how. It's like when you take like a tent out of the bag that yeah. it comes in and you try to put it back in and it doesn't fit no matter what. Yeah, it was terrible. I have no idea how that thing ever fit in there.
0: I don't. Know. I can't and imagine. I'm not it. putting it back. I will pay somebody. Um, I actually I, I'll just leave this here. Even cause... when it was
1: taken down, I have no idea how that fit in there. Yeah. Who even needs a ceiling fan in the room? This is much better. And it's always cool up here anyway. Yeah. Why would you need a ceiling fan? I don't know. Then again, it is
0: not summer yet. We're gonna find out how it is in the summer. Yeah. So we're just stuck taking turns holding this fan up while standing on a stepladder. And I'm like, if we don't figure out what to do, we're screwed. Because at some point, both of us will run out of the energy to hold this fan up. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sitting there on my iPad being like Googling how to take a ceiling fan out of the fixture, which I should have done before
1: we ended it. Well, it seemed like it might have been easier than that. I was hoping for some sort of adapter. So what, we I unplug? think the reason, like I was lured into a false sense of security because the
0: house in the basement, there's like this humidifier thing. And to plug that in to the power source, it's like, it's kind of the same connector as you have in your computer, which like the power supply connector to the motherboard, which mm. is like one of those eight pin connectors.
1: Yeah. So I was thinking it was going to be an eight pin connector and we would something. just pull it out. But no, it's these
0: twisted wire caps which I'd never seen before, yeah, and I, didn't I was want like, "Don't with.
1: don't touch those when the yeah. le- electricity is still going to those wires." <laughs> so you're gonna die.
0: Then I went down and turned the breaker off. Then we, we untwisted it to begin with, really. and then it was all fine. But yes, moral of the story: if you're going to take a ceiling fan down, it's not a simple plug and play thing, and you need to disconnect the electricity. Yeah,
1: we, we should have done that in the first, first. place, regardless. Yes. But so it I'm just seems sort of a spur of the moment. All right, yeah. let's just pull this fan out of the ceiling. Let's not think about it too hard. And you yeah. know, it's already done. It's- Unfortunately, we did not follow that reckless train of thought and, de- and decide to untwist oh, the no, wire. I, was like, I, I mean, don't the light wanna... switch
0: was off, so it probably wouldn't have shocked us, but it's still really unsafe. No, I, re- I
1: really don't want to touch wire, so I was not yeah. going to go any farther with that. Also, I do have
0: non-conductive work gloves. So before people say I'm completely idiotic, I'm only half idiotic. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, aside, there is now an LED fixture up here and it can be turned to daylight. Yeah. But I have it at 2700. Mm. And weirdly, um, and I guess like the whole point of the story is, I find that daylight bulbs look too
1: harsh. Like for what they don't really replicate sunlight to me. Or to oh, I, I don't think they're as good as actual sunlight, but I hate yellow light when it's like, really, it just does feels... it make you sleepy or something? It just feels so dim to me. You just need more yellow light. I just need, I need, I would need a ton. I yeah. really don't like it when it's not bright yeah. anywhere. It makes me feel less focused and motivated. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. So that that's your workspace. And it seems like number number one priority is make it brighter. Yeah, and I'm, work, I'm working on that, but I've, okay.
1: been, I've been busy. Yeah. And then... You could just replace your light fixture with one of those.
0: Uh, I don't, see, I'm in,
1: a, right. I'm in an apartment. I don't think they want me to replace the light fixtures. Probably not. You could ask them. With things. <laughs> but, yeah, and then if you take that same same roost stand, the same lap desk, the same, um, I have the Microsoft uh, ergonomic keyboard the and keyboard? Mouse. I don't remember what it's called. The one that has, like, the split down the middle. The one that's got the, the weird curve shape to it. Mm-hmm. And then you take all that, and it's a portable setup. Immediately, yeah. If you happen to have a good tea shop around, which I don't anymore. True. This neighborhood has broken my heart.
0: You do have steep. That's, it's a drive, but it's it exists. Yeah, but
1: I could walk to the other one. I know. It was beautiful. It
0: was beautiful. It was great, and I was very sad when it was the golden
1: was the golden age.
0: It was the golden age. Oh well. All right. So I guess we'll describe my workspaces, and uh, it is now workspaces. So. My main gripe with my workspace in the apartment was that it was in the studio, and I have blackout curtains in the window, and due to the way we just had to set it up, my desk was in front of the window, so it was very, very difficult to move those curtains out of the way. Uh, So basically working in the studio was kinda like your workspace now, where it was just always artificial light, no window, no natural light, nothing. And I was not a fan of that. So when I moved here, This house is much bigger, and one of our priorities was to have a space for working and a space for the studio and have them be separate. So downstairs, there's like an office area. It's well lit, and Anna and I just decided to share that, which – and she's going to edit this, so she will will hear me say this and probably agree. Has had some, I guess, growing pains because occasionally, like – one or the other of us will get annoyed at something on the computer and then the other person is subjected to listen to it. Mm. So I think we've both sort of started relying more on headphones, uh, but it is a lot nicer to be able to work in a nicely well lit with real sunlight spot. Yeah. So my vote is that you move in six months
1: to a place where oh, well, there's I don't, an office. I don't or, intend to stay in my apartment after yeah. this lease. I just wanted to have the lease not end in winter anymore. That's true. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a big thing. Moving
0: in the snow is not fun. Um, so in that main workspace, I do have two monitors. Those are on monitor arms and I mainly added those so I could move monitors around, show people things. Like if you were over, I could move a monitor very easily to show you designs or things like that. Um, and I also, I wanted like a lot of flexibility for filming purposes in case I wanted to like move monitors out of the way and put like a, a camera in the middle of the desk for like a face cam tutorial kind of thing. Yeah. So I've got those. And then... I basically use gaming hardware for everything, so gaming keyboards, gaming mice, gaming mouse pads. The weird thing is like they're marketed towards gamers, but they're they're more just like better peripherals. I don't know. I think you you, or you use the Microsoft ergonomic thing, so they're not ergonomically better. Yeah. But they're mechanical keyboards, mice with better tracking. I don't know what kind of mouse you use. Use the I no. use the the one that came with the Microsoft right. thing. I yeah. used to have a gaming mouse though. Yeah. I just like using gaming stuff. And then I also have a standing desk, but it is, a, it is a motorized one. But I realized that I needed a computer up here, number one, so we could record, record the podcast, so I could record videos. And if I ever need like do, to do uh, video footage, I could do, or sorry, like a screencast or something like that with me at the computer. It would have better audio up here. And I also want to do music. So I needed a music production area where my speakers would not bother Anna and also where I had like proper acoustic treatment. So now I just have two workspaces. (laughs) And my second workspace is very similar to yours where it's just a MacBook dock station. And honestly, at this point, if I wasn't a PC gamer, I would just fully switch to Mac. And I think I would just have like docks.
1: Yeah, I think that just I mean, it works just fine. Why would I want yeah. a separate computer? Because then I got to worry about whether all the same stuff is doing the same
0: yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I'm split between two different operating systems. So I have to make sure there's parity between Windows and Mac for the most part. And, I, and now I'm like moving away from it because I ended up going with Logic for my DAW. So like I mm. can't do music production on Windows. Yeah. Uh, and that was the result of a lot of research. So there are were, there were definitely other options, but I realized like, eh, if this is going to be the studio... I might as well just go all in on the Mac for that. And then the PC will be for other things. Uh, but yeah, I've got that. I've got the dock system. I'm like looking at the space right now. The The desk up here is not standing. And I will get to why in like the standing, standing versus sitting desk section of my outline here. Uh, and then I have a fancy ergonomic chair downstairs and a normal Ikea chair up here. And to foreshadow that part of the podcast, I like the Ikea one better. I do like the Ikea chairs. (laughs) (laughs) And they were, what, like $40? Yeah, but they were
1: weirdly comfortable. Yeah. And 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 simple. They're They're simple. That's my favorite part. Yeah. So, and then um, for portable
0: stuff, I do just use the MacBook and I have an iPad so I can hook that up with a USB cord and use an app called Duet to get a dual monitor. I rarely ever do that, but on the odd occasion I'm traveling and I have to edit a video, I need dual monitors. That that is a cool feature. Need is a strong word, but I very much benefit from dual monitors. So that's a decent description of our workspaces. I want to move into my notes here for like, how can people start to optimize these things? Um, The first thing I had there was environment. So I think the things you should consider are light, temperature, and noise level. Uh, Like you said, light is a big affecting factor. Yeah. in your productivity and why you probably leave to workplaces sometimes. And I mean, like you can always come over here to work. There's plenty of light here. So I think the biggest improvement people can make is if they're working in a dingy, like dimly lit area, find a way to either improve the lighting situation or move to a place with better lighting. Sunlight makes you happier. Yeah. And that's why I don't work in the studio. Those sometimes I will come to the studio because I want to blast music out of the speakers very occasionally <laughs> fair <laughs> but for the most part i want to be working down the well-lit area
1: uh temperature
0: so if you can't control the temperature in your area i think didn't you have a space heater by your
1: desk at i point? did it's yeah. broken now but i did enjoy it while i had it cheap heaters tend to break i don't know i don't even it just like it fell over once and then it stopped working so but it hasn't been worth replacing yeah
0: you know and if if you have like decent heating and cooling in your apartment, then that's not an issue. But otherwise, like a small space heater can be a good solution. Um, Or a hoodie, you know, pretty simple. And then noise level. So the one thing I'll say about noise level, um, the easiest and simplest fix that I have ever found for dealing with noise is just to get a good pair of closed headphones. And if you can afford it, a pair of noise canceling headphones, which your work gave to you for free. Yes. And you let me try and I love noise. Canceling. My eyes were opened.
1: It's so good. I was <laughs> I was actually working one time on some linguistics research next to Clyde playing some really loud stuff. I was next to the huge TV playing stuff. Mm-hmm. And with the noise canceling headphones on, I, could, I felt like they were like three or four rooms away. Like it's yeah. not even a problem. I could hang out with anybody and still work. I think the term that I used with you when you showed me
0: those was game changer.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And, and the technology the other is day, cool too.
0: It is pretty cool. Just the other day, Ransom uh pinged me on Slack and he said, Hey, I just got some noise cancelling headphones and they're a game changer. So that that's That's it, they changed the game. They do. They changed the game, much like every rapper that ever existed. Every rapper changed they the game. Every rapper changed the game. Actually
1: I can name a few that really changed the game, but that's Eminem not what this episode game. Kanye is about. Changed the game. They did both change the game in Kendrick, their own ways, maybe? yes.
0: Maybe. Would you say Kendrick changed the game?
1: Uh We'll see. We'll see. It's easier to look in retrospect. Travis Scott, we don't know exactly how the next 10 years of hip hop will go. That is true. So I can't I can't say who the biggest changers were.
0: I'm trying to figure out like who was instrumental in bringing like the current Mumbly core trap scene because uh, that is a game change. I don't know if it's a good one, but I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Kanye. No, it was not. Um I actually I don't know. I haven't researched that enough we'll see in retrospect we'll find out all right we'll have another epi- episode 1100 hip-hop is gonna be hip-hop history actually one time in a history class i was supposed to be writing notes and instead i wrote a history of gangster rap for like two pages <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully your teacher gave you an a
1: i hope so or a g
0: for gangster <laughs> Ooh, but also
1: it's a failing grade so it would have been clever that's
0: true yeah This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at FreshBooks who have built a sweet suite of tools for making your accounting and invoicing processes either more efficient or even automated. So if you're the kind of person who runs your own business or if you're a freelance web designer or writer or, or, or what else is there? graphic design, things like that. That's a thing. Yeah. If you do work for yourself, then their tools can make your processes a lot more efficient and buy back a lot of time. Because you know, if you run your own business, if you do freelance work, you kind of have to do everything yourself. You're doing all the graphic design, you're doing the web design, all that stuff. But you also have to take care of sending invoices to clients, tracking expenses, doing all that paperwork. You're kind of on your own. And that's kind of the beauty of being an independent business person. But it also is a bit of a drawback because it takes time. But luckily, with FreshBooks, you get a lot of tools that can help buy back a lot of that time. For instance, you can create these very professional invoices in 30 seconds or less. You can send them off to your clients and you can even let them pay on the invoices which gives them uh, more options for paying lets them pay you faster and you're not sending stuff through the mail or sending emails waiting for checks things like that in fact when i was in college i ran a freelance web design business and i didn't have FreshBooks at the time so i would have to send microsoft word document generated invoices to my clients via email and then sometimes wait for weeks for checks to come in the mail, take them to the bank. It was very inefficient and very annoying to do. But with FreshBooks, again, people can just pay with their credit card right on the invoices, which is really, really nice. Additionally, you can automate your expense tracking, you can bring your expenses right into the app, you can even attach receipts with their uh, mobile apps as well. And you can even automatically track your time within the app. So if you want to start doing the work that you want to be doing in your business or in your freelance practice and spend less time on all of those meta tasks, all the invoicing, all the accounting, then go over to freshbooks.com CIG. when you sign up there, you're going to get a free 30 day trial of their service, unlimited use. And when you do that, make sure to put College Info Geek in the how did you hear about us section as well. Big thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week's episode and being a big supporter of our show. And another huge thanks goes out to our second sponsor this week, Brilliant. Brilliant is an excellent learning platform for anybody wanting to improve their skills in the areas of math, science, and computer science. And what I love about Brilliant specifically is the team over there understands the principle of active learning. So when you start one of their in-depth courses or when you spend some time doing their daily problems every single day, you're not gonna be sitting through passive lectures, you're gonna be actually doing problems. All of their courses immediately throw you into challenges that may stump you, but they are bite-sized problems. So they're not built to frustrate you and if you do get stuck, there's tons of supplementary material, there's a wiki with lots of example problems with all the solutions worked out, Lots of concepts explained in detail, so on a just-in-time basis, you can go learn what you need to learn and then come back and solve those problems, which helps you stay interested while you're learning, but also helps you become a better problem solver overall, because problem solving is a universal skill, so when you solve problems in one area, you get better at solving problems everywhere. Now, in addition to their library of in-depth courses, they also have a new feature that came out this year called Daily Problems, where every single day they release new problems across a wide breadth of topics, so if you want to make learning a daily habit and you want to expose yourself to some different areas that you might not have considered before, you can start doing those in addition to their in-depth courses. And if you wanna start learning for free in all those areas today, you can go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek. And if you're one of the first 83 people to sign up with that link, you're gonna get 20% off their annual premium subscription as well. Again, big thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of College Info Geek and this show, and let's get back into it. Okay, um, so noise canceling headphones, game changer. And then, I think this is going to be more niche, but I actually don't like being in a really horribly echoey room, so some cheap audio foam can actually fix things up a little bit.
1: Hmm. I I, I mainly
0: use it for recording purposes, but it can actually, like, if if the acoustics of your room annoy you, uh, that can be rectified for not a whole lot of money. Yeah. And... It's a little bit of a DIY thing, but my vocal coach is saying that you can build your own absorbing panels for about ten to fifteen dollars. You just like frame together some cheap wood from Home Depot or Menards. Um there's like some foam you can spray in there that's very cheap, and then you just put like T shirt fabric over the top of it. Huh. I'm sure there are plans online somewhere. Cause yeah, where I practice for vocals, there are a bunch of those audio panels on the walls, but I can tell they were homemade. And they did not cost seventy five bucks piece. And I guess I've never really thought about Echoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's again, kind of a niche thing, but I don't think, like if, if people really don't like it, I just wanted to mention it because yeah. we've treated this room and I think that it's a big improvement. Uh, all right, the desk. How much space do you
1: need? How much space do you need, I guess is a good question. Very little. Really? Incredibly little. Actually, so yeah, I used to work with like to work a with tiny a, TV tray. Yeah, literally <laughs> the workspace is my monitor, or my laptop on the roost stand, mm-hmm. and then my lap desk holding the keyboard and the mouse. Before I got my sit-to-stand desk, I literally used a $14 TV tray from Target, which I would unfold every day, yeah. set up my workstation, and it, w- it was just like I had a... Per- it was like going to a cafe, you know? If I can work in a cafe, I can work at this TV tray. It's the same limitation. Yeah. So almost no room. Enough room for the screen.
0: I'm of a different mind. I can work with a little tiny space if I need to. I mean, when I'm on airplanes,
1: you did call things battle stations. I would yes, not call a TV I need tray a that. Battle so station.
0: yeah, you're more of like a motorboat or like kayak <laughs> kind of guy. Is that
1: is that relatable to? I don't know. I guess sure. I work in a kayak. <laughs> you work in a kayak,
0: and I work on a on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> okay, like when I'm on a plane, obviously I have my lap, and that's it. And I can still get work done. But if I'm building a dedicated workspace, I want a fair amount of space to work with. And this stems from uh, being in high school. I had like this very, very tiny desk and I had my computer hardware on it. And every time I would need to like put a notebook down or like deal with folders and stuff, I would need to move everything all over the place. And I don't want to do that. Mm. So for me, I think like a five foot long desk is like the minimum for me personally, but I, I want six or more i think my main one is actually seven feet and my one over there is six and then uh more important i think than the width is the depth because i want the ability to push my keyboard and mouse away from me if i need some workspace in front of me for drawing or for writing uh, or for taking notes or for putting a book down things like that i basically want space to spread out
1: research materials if i need to Mm. When I needed that, what I did was I bought another $14 TV tray (laughs) and I put it to my left and that's where my notebook went. I guess that works. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, that will save you money. And then I could put my keyboard on it when I wanted to get up because, you know, it's in my lap. Yeah. So, bam, $30. Yeah. And you could totally do that. Workstation. And I mean, I think- Well, it doesn't count all the tools. Well, you can also get a a big workstation for not a whole lot of money. You can. So
0: you can go to Ikea and they sell uh, these little, I mean, they're, they're right there actually, these little sawhorse legs- I think they're eight bucks a piece. And then if you want, you can get one of their very cheap tabletops. I mean, the one we use for our overhead camera setup is really cheap. I mean, that could be a desk. It's a little wobbly. <clears throat> so because I have the money for a better desk, I'm not going to use it as a desk, but yeah, I think this whole desk setup, which is, I think six feet by three feet deep was like 30 bucks. Yeah. It's, total. it's not hard. Uh, or you could go the Amazon way and just go to like a door factory and buy rejected doors, and use that as a desk. What? I don't know what they use for the desk legs. Is yeah, part a of the Amazon um, origin story but, is they like were just doors like have in the shapes in them. No, they would go buy like no the doors with shapes in them. That's a fancy door. Do you remember our very very cheap apartment in Ames, Iowa? Because those doors did not have fancy carvings in them. They were literally flat, white doors. Okay. So they are
1: literally just doors. Yeah.
0: So Jeff Bezos went out. He got a bunch of doors. I don't know what they used. I think they used like construction sawhorses from like the Home Depot or something as the legs and they put them in his house and desk or in the garage, I think. And that was like the start of Amazon door desks and then i think for a very very long time they kept doing door desks but it was more of like a symbolic thing because they've always just been very big on frugality Hmm. yeah no first class flights for amazon execs that may have changed because it's been many many years since they were scrappy i don't know it
1: it has been a while i mean after you buy
0: whole foods you don't that's true if you own whole foods how scrappy can you be yeah not really (laughs) sure you're eating like a kale seitan salad with some bone mm. broth juice on your cheap door desk.
1: Why did you put bone broth on it if it's seitan? I'm getting mixed dietary <laughs> messages. I was into it for a second, and then I was just confused. Because Chatterbug Zimmerman is the CEO of Happy Gorilla Vegan Protein It's bars. actually imitation breakfast. It's imitation bone broth. Imitation bone broth. <laughs> I don't even... It's mushroom broth. It's like, like why even call it imitation bone <laughs> broth? <laughs> it it accomplishes you just nothing wait. that's going to be at whole foods at some point it's going to be double the price it's going to be, be 16 dollars yeah. and like it's a just going to it's going to be next to it it's going to be vegetable broth it's the same exact thing <laughs> it's just going <laughs> to three dollars don't give them ideas <laughs>
0: they, will, they will literally make they that. can't
1: get me i read the ingredients <laughs>
0: <laughs> imitation bone broth has imitation health benefits
1: whoa well, <laughs> amazing
0: anyway all this is to say you can get a Pretty big desk for not a lot of money if you know where to look, if you're willing to repurpose a door or willing to go to Ikea or willing to go to the hardware store and buy a sheet of plywood. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I want a lot of desk. I'm also one of those people, and maybe you're going to curse me for this because you're, like, into ergonomics. I like to scoot myself, like, so that my belly is touching the edge of the desk and then my arms can rest on the desk instead of having armrests on my chair or while well, you just put your keyboard in your lap, so...
1: Yeah, I don't think I could get my elbows at a good angle if I were to do that because I'm not as tall. So I think maybe it, I don't know if it's possible that the angle's wrong for me. It might I, be if I rest my arms on it on a desk. Usually, yeah. I
0: think that's a preference thing. Um, so and I want to move to ergonomics very soon, but I do have one more note here for the desk area: how to get more space if you don't have a big desk. So the first thing that I did. When I was young, scrappy in college, had very little money, I went to Home Depot. I found their, like, rejected scrap wood bin where you could basically get it for free or very, very cheap, like a dollar. And I got one sort of long piece of wood and then just three literal scraps. And I nailed them together. It was not very sturdy, but I did not need them to be sturdy, and I made myself a monitor shelf. So that way, the monitors could stand on the shelf. And then I could push my keyboard and mouse underneath the shelf if I needed like workspace for textbooks and note taking and all that kind of stuff when I was in school. Uh, that still works well, and I think that's kind of what you're doing because you said you have the Amazon Basics monitor shelves. Yeah, so yeah. So see. I
1: use I put stuff under them. Yeah, I cobbled my own
0: together. Though, how much was yours? Like,
1: were they like twenty five each or together? I think it was like twenty each.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I guess spend a little money, save yourself some time. I mean, I'm not exactly trying to. I don't try hard to get an expensive desk, but I'm also not trying that hard yeah. to make it cheap. I just, I wanted an immediate solution, so I just yep. did well, it. Well, it was have... on Prime now, so I was able to there get them go. literally okay. in an hour or two, which saves so much time that the money didn't matter. Yeah. Which, that will be next week's episode,
0: Time versus Money. Ooh. Um, but if you don't have money, like I didn't when I was a freshman, just cobble yourself together some scrap wood, and there you go. Yeah. I was busy spending all my money on computer monitors. Mostly computer monitors that I would sell on Craigslist because I was hustling. Uh, the other thing is if you do not want to build a monitor shelf, you can do monitor arms. Um, the one thing I'll notice if you buy a monitor arm, you're gonna wanna make sure your monitor has a VESA mount, V-E-S-A on the back, or VESA compatible mounting area. Most monitors do, but there may be some that don't, so I just wanna put that out there. I use Dell monitors, they all have VESA mounts. You just pull the normal stand off and then you clamp the, or you screw the monitor arm in and my monitor arms, I think, were like $99 a piece because I didn't really know much at the time, but you can get $25 monitor arms. That's cool. It may be the fact, I think Amazon started making competitor monitor arms to the ones that I have, and then they just made them super cheap, and they weren't available when I bought them. But yeah, now you can get really cheap monitor arms. They still work pretty well. Um, If you don't care about moving your monitor around, you can get them even cheaper. They're literally just like a clamp on the back of your desk. Oh, yeah, make sure your desk can accept one. No. Because some desks, like most IKEA desks and tables, you know, they're like thin, but some desks have like a backing, so there's nowhere to clamp it. And you might have to drill a hole in your desk. Not being
1: able to clamp. Look at that. Makes clamps very
0: sad. Yeah. Why can't clamps clamp? He wants to clamp. All right. So, ergonomics. Standing desk. Is it worth it?
1: What do you think? I mean, worth it in what sense you know i mean Do i i felt like paying for it so it was worth it for me at the time but if i didn't have the money i wouldn't care all right what did you spend on your standing desk uh, a few hundred dollars like 300
0: something like that okay i spent i think i spent 800 on mine because i got the oh, well, Jarvis yeah, bamboo one it has the motorized with memory settings uh but then for the studio, I just went to IKEA and I bought their Edson desk, which is not standing. You can get it standing for like six hundred bucks, but I didn't want the standing one. Uh, and I will say the EdaSin desk is better than the Bacon. It's more sturdy, but it's also more expensive. But I don't know. Maybe you'll disagree with me here. I don't use the standing desk that often.
1: Uh, I I do. Okay. And I do have one of the little Topo mats. Oh, yeah, I've got that too. The little squishy mat. Yeah, the squishy mat with a bunch of levels so that you don't stand like stiff because that would be about as bad for you as sitting stiff. Mm -hmm. But I do like to stand because I often, it helps me to think. I feel more active. So if I'm trying to solve something, sometimes I will want to kind of shuffle back and forth or I'll need to go like walk over at the balcony really easy and come back Mm -hmm. to my desk without needing to sit. Sitting down is like when I'm ready to do the work. And yeah. when I'm standing, I'm doing all the creative thinking and I'm trying to solve things, but I don't need it. I mean, I used the TV tray solution because I didn't have good room for an office. Yeah. I literally unfolded my desk, set it up. And then, I mean, if it's that portable, if you want to stand, you just stand yeah. and then you walk around and take breaks and then you come back and you sit down. If you do not have the money for it, I don't think it's doesn't do much. I'm gonna go one step further. As somebody
0: who owns the top of the line $800 Jarvis bamboo standing desk and an IKEA non-standing desk, I don't think they're worth it, personally. I'm, I mean, obviously, you use it. For one, I just can't get in the working like I can't get into the creative or deep working mood when I'm standing. Mm. I don't know what it is. Uh, the other thing is. I guess I got the standing desk so I'd spend less time sitting because I wanted to cut down on back pain issues and I wanted to be healthier. But I think I've realized like if you just get up more often and go take breaks and make sure you're exercising every day, that's way, way, way more important.
1: Yeah. Well, if you get the standing desk and then you stand stiff at your standing desk, your legs are basically locked into position and you're just typing for eight hours. That's just as bad, if not potentially worse. I that. You're just supposed to be moving often.
0: And I guess the concept is like, you know, if you switch positions throughout the workday, like you spent some of it standing, some of it sitting, like you're you're changing. And I, I guess I get the perceived benefit there. But personally, I think you get the same benefit just by making sure you get up, you know, at least once an hour to go do something. And I'll get up and I'll go do pull-ups, or I'll go for a walk outside, or I've got some dumbbells and I'll do some random stuff, or stand on my indo board and do some balance exercises, or play guitar. Like You just got to get up and go move around. Yeah. Uh, and that brings me to the other thing. Fancy ergonomic chair. Worth it or not worth it? You don't need a fancy ergonomic
1: chair. Yeah, I really don't think you do. And this is kind of, I mean, you're pretty into ergonomics. Well, that's what happens when you mess up your nerves and have to quit everything you love for two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we're in agreeance here. Um, no, <laughs> there,
0: there is no guarantee that future Thomas won't somehow convince himself to buy an even fancier steel series leap chair because I know myself and I get into those. Yeah, literally some, from a battle station. I, I know myself. I, I like building cool battle stations. But from my experience, so I bought the Office Master OM5 ergonomic chair, which it's not, at the same level as your Herman Miller Aeron's and your Steel Series gestures and leaps. And I bet you there's gonna be at least one person in the comments who will be like, well, that's why, because you bought the cheaper one, but it was still 700 bucks. And there's all this quote unquote ergonomic research that went into it. It's supposed to caress your back and like make sure you don't get back pain, all kinds of stuff like that. I feel like I have more back pain in that chair than I do in this cheap $40 Ikea swivel chair. That has zero ergonomic thought Honestly this to
1: it. Is, this is a super comfortable chair. Yeah, I like this me. chair. So, I think the most important thing is just a little lower back support, which I am also using a fourteen dollar fold out target chair <laughs> and then a little a little like pillow thing. Yeah. Bam. I've created an ergonomic chair that supports my back and I didn't I didn't really need it anyway because the most important thing I think is making sure it's at the right height for your legs. Yeah.
0: I mean I'll go one step further. I don't think you need back support at all. Again, not not a doctor, so there may be other cases out there. Maybe your doctor has told you, like, you specifically need back support. But I think, like, for the average human, uh, you should be able to sit and use your core muscles and your obliques to stabilize yourself. I mean, like, right now, I, I do not have my back up against the back of this chair. I'm yeah. slightly leaning forward, and because I do core work, I don't feel back pain right now. And I'm, I don't know, I feel totally comfortable.
1: Yeah, well, I, I got the pillow because I had damaged my muscles, yeah. so there you go.
0: Yeah, and this, is a, this is something to keep in mind. Like when we talk about principles, a lot of times the principles apply to people who are at like a neutral level of health. And if you have a health problem, then there's gonna be something you have to do. Like I could be like oh all human beings don't need to use crutches but like if you have a broken leg oh, yeah. you should probably <laughs> yeah, use crutches a, that would be terrible so, advice And you know and you know no one would ever say that but it's it, it it's very easy to say like nobody needs back support in their chair nobody needs arch support in their shoes because naturally we you know we're evolved to walk barefoot you know if you have a health problem or you've gone your entire life wearing shoes that have like deformed your arches or like made them weaker yeah you can't just be like I'm just going to go to barefoot overnight i'm just going to go to having no back support overnight that's not going to work yeah so don't well, take this as me being like you know just ditch anything your doctor said to do but personally i don't think that we need like the average human needs all this lumbar support and back support i think what we need is like core exercise stronger and to be stronger and just yeah stop being chair well, slugs
1: i don't even have a couch in my living room that's i literally sit on the floor at all times yeah yeah so like, you're even i support more... myself all the time you're more hardcore
0: about this than I am because I, I still sit in the couch.
1: Well, I didn't want a couch. True, the, the couch would not really cou- fit. The couches couch cou- that I've experienced house. are all terrible for my spine. In mm-hmm. particular, they try to curve me into some C shape. Yeah, and that that is not great.
0: Yeah. So the, I think the big thing is get up more often, take breaks, and uh, I think that everyone should be doing some sort of both resistance training uh, and focus on the core. And also flexibility training. I mean, from the little research that I've done on the subject, a lot of chronic back pain issues, which I think a lot of office workers and people who have sit-down jobs deal with, come from a lack of core strength and also really inflexible hip muscles and core Mm. muscles as well. And when you pair those together, when you have like this weak core and you have these chairs that are just like supporting your spine all the time, but you have these really inflexible hip flexors
1: and things like that and glute muscles it leads to back pain. Well, and if it's supporting you all the time, then you're not giving yourself a lot of chance to test out your back muscles. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like if if I've worn myself out, that's when I'll bring out the little back support pillow thing. Yeah. And I'll be like, I need to relax now. I've done too much somehow. Yeah. But otherwise I want to be using it because every time I use my back muscles to sit up, I make it easier for me to use my back muscles mm-hmm. to sit up. Yeah, I think the body is a use it. Or, I mean, we know
0: the body is a use it or lose it thing. If you don't use something, your body will not keep it around because it costs resources. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not just like a super simple, like, well, we don't need that. So let's get rid of it and there'll be no ill effects. You know, it's, we'll get rid of it and, oh, oops, there's chronic pain because we weren't evolved to just jettison modules we don't need. We're not robots. So I think that the standing desk, unless i mean you get benefit from the standing desk so maybe the standing desk is a better sell than the fancy ergonomic chair uh and you don't have to go buy a standing desk you can buy vera desks things which is that the little adapter thing it's the thing that just goes in your desk and you can raise it up
1: yeah and, and there's uh, like a little
0: there's also like a little cardboard one that's the cheap one yeah, yeah. and we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Like, i like $25... it for thinking through problems yeah you can just put your laptop up on the cardboard thing you I think
1: there's a keyboard tray or something like that. And I have like a whiteboard on the wall. So I'm standing and I'm like thinking and and typing and then writing on the wall. And So it's for a very specific type of work I do. Yeah. But it's, you know, if I didn't need that, I would be fine without it. I just. I definitely agree with
0: the whiteboard thing. I just, for whatever reason, like working on the computer, I think it's typing while standing up. I just really don't like it. And I don't like using my mouse while standing up. It just feels Mm. inaccurate. I don't know. I don't feel grounded. Um, and then yeah, fancy ergonomic chair. I don't think you need it. Get a chair that is the right height. I think that's
1: the biggest thing. I think I would prioritize good headphones, noise canceling headphones, if possible, then maybe a standing desk. Then, I mean, I would never care about the chair. Yeah. Um, and so good headphones, like noise canceling are great. Uh, I
0: think I mentioned this earlier. I said closed headphones. Yeah, closed. Closed. So that means over the ear design, not like on the ear. I think those are less comfortable. Like the ones that go the I don't like the ones the that like
1: squish your ears. I like the ones that go all the way around. Yeah. So the, the fancy terms are circum or
0: super aural. You want circum or yeah. just all around your ear. And then closed just means that they, they're not noise canceling. They don't use active noise canceling, but they are sort of sealed. Whereas open headphones, they literally just have like a, a mesh grate. And those, if you're an audiophile, can sound better they will because they let the sound they don't like trap the sound so it might be a little more accurate but mm. closed headphones give you better isolation so if you're on a budget you could spend tw- i think 22 on sennheiser i forget the model i bought them for my brother when he was in college like hd 200s or something like that we'll find them for the show notes they're very cheap and they will provide a lot of isolation you know especially if you're actually playing music uh So before we move on from ergonomics, we kind of said that, like, a standing desk, probably not that worth it. Fancy ergonomic chair, really not worth it. What do people want to consider for ergonomics? Like, their body positions? Yeah, just, like,
1: monitor height, seat height, desk height. Like, what... Okay, so... How do you um,
0: determine what those are?
1: I like to have my monitor, so the very top of the screen itself, the visual part, not like the frame it's in, the top of the, you know, the pixels. Mm Mm-hmm is in line with my eye level because So not the center, the top of it. Yeah. Okay. It is um that I just want to be able to keep my neck back and ah. straight because I used to and this this is what led to my nerve injury actually. Is I used to get closer and closer and hunch forward. Yeah. And then I would I would basically look like I was trying to be some sort of ridiculous movie monster thing. Mm-hmm. And I would ruin myself for hours and not even realize it but I want all of the screen to be very easily within my my eyesight with it, with me keeping my neck back. Okay. So the neck should be back, the shoulders should be not raised or hunched forward. So if your desk is too high and your shoulders are up, you're going to hurt them. If they're hunched forward, you're going to hurt them. Yeah. You basically want them in line with your ears. Okay. Um your spine should be in your natural curve, which is to sit tall, not yeah. not straight. Sitting up straight is kind of a misnomer. It's misleading.
0: Yeah, because that can cause, um, I think it's called
1: anterior pelvic tilt. Your spine like the is an opposite S. of
0: having a curved spine. It's like it's curved
1: inward. Yeah, you don't want that. And that can be test. just as bad. No, I think one of the best things that I've heard to kind of test it is imagine if somebody had like a string and they were pulling it at the top of your head, like where would your head naturally stop going up oh, okay. without you contorting your body to yeah. try and like make it taller? Yeah. Um, you want your legs in roughly a ninety degree angle from the chair, so your feet can be on the ground. Okay. And you want to make sure the edge of the chair is not cutting off circulation right above your knees, mm. because that—I mean—that's not going to end well. And I think that's part
0: of the problem with my fancy chair. Is like yeah. So if, if your knees aren't a little bit then the leg part.
1: Yeah. So if if your knees get either like bunched up against the the edge of the chair or something like that you can cut off circulation and mm-hmm. that's that's not very ergonomic. And then your elbows they they want to be at like maybe around a 90, maybe a little wider angle. Okay. And you want to keep your wrists straight when you're typing and using your mouse. So all of these things will help you not get things like carpal tunnel or yeah. or or in my case damage all three major nerves in both arms for 2 years. Because your desk at your old job was way too high, wasn't it? It was too high, so I was hunched up and forward. My back was completely bent over. My neck was weirdly curved in like a Mm gooseneck looking at the screen. Because I would get so into thinking about the problem, I would, like, stare at it. Yeah. Which is why standing and thinking about my problems helps me a lot. Because I forget what my body's doing when I'm really into some programming work. I have no idea what's going on outside. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, basically, you just want most of your body to be in some sort of a neutral position. Like your wrists, they want to be straight. They don't want to be all bent backwards while you're typing. Yeah, and
0: then I guess my contribution here will be take breaks um, and then find something that you enjoy to do that's exercise on a regular basis. Yeah. And I, I have experienced this multiple times, so now I have like double or triple confirmation. When I am consistently working out with resistance training and i'm doing stretches i don't get back pain it's gone when i stop for a while it comes back
1: yeah so
0: i stopped for a while because of the move and there was just so many stressful things going on in january and some back pain started creeping in again but now i've been going back to the climbing gym been doing my stretches been doing push-ups every morning and some like dumbbell work and it's going away
1: yeah you want to keep your body ready to, to handle all of this stuff because mm-hmm. if it's easy to strain your body it will get strained yep. and the pain that you mentioned is a good thing to notice because any of the things that i just mentioned you know for the most part i think they should work for everybody that mm-hmm. tends to be how human bodies are but if you find yourself like maybe there's a bunch of tension in your forearm and you just try to try to notice i'm really tight in this muscle or yep. this nerve feels weird. I'm getting a little tingly in, in my finger. Or my neck feels strained. You'll feel something. You'll know. If there's constant tension in a muscle, you're probably doing something yeah. Weird to it because your muscles shouldn't always be tense yep. for the most part. I I'm not I'm not gonna be super specific because, you know, my heart's probably always doing something or another. <laughs> but we're you'll, not medical professionals. You'll, yeah, so how, you'll, you'll, you'll notice, notice if something's wrong. Like if your wrist starts to feel weird, you, you should pay attention to that and maybe take, take 10, 20 minutes and figure out how you can make your workstation better because it adds up really mm-hmm. quickly.
0: Yeah, especially when you start getting older.
1: And yeah, this stuff's easy to recover from now. Yep, Thank God I didn't do this 10 or 20 years from now. It would have taken way longer to fix my nerves. That wasn't even guaranteed. Well, I guess what I was, what I was trying to say is
0: when I was 19, 20, I didn't care at all. You know, but it, like surprisingly young, you can start to develop these problems. Yeah, like I, I think I was twenty four when I started getting back pain. Actually, when I was nineteen, I did have a repetitive stress injury in my hand, and that was from typing with my wrists and palms firmly planted on the base of the laptop. Yep. So yeah, wrist constantly bent. Putting it's tension no tension there. So there's a combination of proper ergonomics when you are working, um, but also I think you have to su- subject your body to actual stress that's like that's not super ongoing cuz the type of stress that we usually engage with is is low level but it's ongoing all the time sitting in a chair typing on a keyboard or playing piano in your case Yeah, I mean that's it's like a double whammy for you because you spend all day typing on a keyboard and then you move over to
1: piano and it's like the same exact yeah. I played guitar too. Like every one of my skills was like finger dexterity and then I Mm -hmm. ruined my hands because I had bad ergonomics for them.
0: And I think that's fine, but like the body has to be subjected to diverse types of movement and the intensity levels have to fluctuate. So you have to have like periods of true rest and you got to have periods of good stress. Like for me, it's rock climbing or might be ice skating for you it might be something different doing pull-ups doing whatever workout routine that you want to do or playing a sport yeah. but if you're if you're operating along the entire bandwidth of different movement types and different stress levels then I think that's a lot healthier than just constantly staying in this middle ground where you're locking yourself into a specific position oh well yeah you, because
1: problems. because getting all the ergonomics right that's kind of like putting up a shield that mm-hmm. will protect you But the second you don't have that shield, you're in a different workstation. If you've let your body become so weak, your actual defense is really low. Yeah. So you want to have a really good defense with or without the ergonomic setup so that you don't kill yourself off the second you have to work at a coffee shop to do something. But you also want to make sure that when you can, in the situations you control, you're not unnecessarily hurting yourself. Yeah. Keep yourself capable. And I think that's a pretty good place to end here. Um...
0: I had some other things in here, but I think that we've covered most of what's really important. I guess the my last parting thought, I had a whole section on like, do you need dual monitors or not. I think you kind of mentioned they often just distract you. Uh, I find them very useful for certain things like video editing because I keep my After Effects program in one monitor and then Notion is up in the other one to show me what I need to do. Yeah, it it but. can help
1: depending on the work you're doing, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people don't actually need the extra features, which is yeah. true of you know probably everything. that's true. What I find
0: really useful is just a, a monitor that's big enough. Um, and if you if you can't get two monitors or whatever maybe you want the similar benefits, you can use virtual desktops. Hmm. So basically all operating systems now have multiple like workspaces or desktops that you can do. And I know on the Mac, like I just use control arrow to switch between them. Yeah, I use full screen apps and Mm -hmm. stuff like that all the time. Yep. So I'll just have my email in one workspace, switch over to my browser in the other one or research in one space, writing in the other one. And that works pretty well. You know, it takes a little while for the animation to go. And you don't get the benefit of being able to like look at some information over here and then look at something over here, which is sometimes nice. And that's why it's nice to have a big monitor. So you can sometimes put two windows next to each other. But... For the most part, it's I think one monitor typically does the job. Yeah. So that's workspaces. And if you want to find the show notes, this is episode 254. That's so, number wang. Is that number wang? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can go over to com slash 254 if you want the show notes for this episode, which will include links to many of the things we talked about. Um, let's see here. I mean, we had like desks and lights and all kinds of roost stands and things like that. Uh, maybe we'll be able to throw in some research about ergonomics. I don't know. There are things we mentioned. They'll come up in editing. Our team will take care of them.
1: Yep. Yeah. There'll so be good stuff.
0: Head over to that URL if you want to get those show notes. Otherwise, you can go over to CIGpodcast.com if you want to subscribe to this show and get it downloaded to your device every single Monday when it comes out. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I guess they're one of the same Google Podcasts, all those good things. So if you're watching us on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet and you want to take us on the go, have the audio format, that's a good way to do that. Uh, otherwise, you can go over to collegeinfogeek.com for plenty of other articles and uh, our resources page, collegeinfogeek.com resources will show you a lot of our favorite apps, tools, gear that we find very, very helpful along with our dorm packing guide and our essential books list. So there's all kinds of cool stuff there to go check out. Um, and if you want to support this show, You can give us a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That helps to sort of bump us up the rankings and gives us good feedback. Otherwise, you can just share this show with a friend, and maybe they'll become a fan of it as well. Uh, So I think that about covers it. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us, and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.